Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast, where we discuss business solutions to help listeners develop and implement action plans for true lean process improvement. I am your host, Patrick Adams. Hello and welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast. My guest today is Adam Lawrence. Adam is actually a returning guest. He was with us back in season one, episode 84, where we dove into his book, the wheel of sustainability and we talked uh, kind of general about the wheel of sustainability today i'm hoping to dive into one of the spokes per se on the the wheel itself but adam is the managing partner of process improvement partners llc he has 30 plus years of experience in process improvement activities targeted at manufacturing and business processes he's facilitated 300 plus kaizen events in multiple industries around the world Adam aligns with uh, leadership. He engages teams. He creates sustainable results. And as I mentioned, he is the author of the book, The Wheel of Sustainability. So welcome back to the show, Adam. Well, it's great to be here, Patrick. Thanks for inviting me back. I appreciate that. You bet. Well, the last time that we were together, we told our listeners that we were going to get back together and we were going to dive into maybe uh, uh, one of the areas within the wheel of sustainability. And so I'm glad that we were able to make this happen, get you back on the show and and um, and dive in here. So which element of the wheel of sustainability do you find the most challenging for your Kaizen teams to engage? And then let's talk about why and maybe kind of dive in there. Sure. Great, great question, of course. So for my teams, uh, clear benefits, which is if you walk your way around the wheel, it's at six o'clock, right? So clear benefits is the element that my teams find to be maybe the most challenging during the Kaizen event cycle. Okay. So explain uh, before we talk about why, what, what, what are clear benefits? Give us, and actually maybe Adam, for those that are listening that maybe yeah. didn't hear episode 84, haven't read your book, maybe before right. we dive into clear benefits, can you get, can you just kind of walk us around the wheel and give us kind of an overview and then tell us a little bit more about clear benefits and what that means? Okay, sure will. Thanks for that. So think about a wagon wheel with eight spokes and a central hub. Uh, so the central hub is leadership commitment. So basically it's the thing that holds everything together. And then, so we're thinking about the wheel as it relates to a change that a team is making or an improvement and how have all these elements come together to help sustain that change. So quickly, the first spoke at 12 o'clock and the wheel is called notification. So what we're doing is we're explaining to people what the change is and why it matters. So why is more important than what, of course. Right. The next spoke is called training and review. So this is where instead of in a group setting, we're gonna work with individuals one-on-one, -on -one. we're gonna do some tell, show, and do. So we're gonna kind of give them a safe space to learn about it and demonstrate their knowledge or ask good questions without the stress of having other people viewing them. So modeled after TWI, but quite a bit simpler than that. The next spoke is visible evidence. So the idea here is we can tell if the change is occurring and being properly followed from a distance away. If it is, thank the person, congratulate them. If it isn't, coach the person, help the person. The next one I call all tools available. So this means that everybody has what they need to accomplish the change in a simple, safe fashion. So instead of one wrench that I have to go find, if I have three locations that I need the wrench, then I'm I'm loading the wrench at those three locations. So everybody has what they need where they need it. 
The next spoke is clear benefits, which we're going to dive deeper. But the idea being that the person that is going to have to apply the change sees it as personally beneficial to them. So they, it's kind of what we used to call what's in it for me, but they see it, they internalize it, they, they value it. If they don't value it, they're not going to do it. So this is, it's good to know that. The next is layered audits, meaning that the person doing the work checks the work that they're doing with great frequency. And then as we go up levels, people are checking with less frequency. But what we're doing is we're reinforcing that message or that change. The next spoke is accountability. So this is more about leadership accountability. So we, we do assume, maybe rightly or wrongly, that people are accountable to their work. But what we're saying is leaders are accountable if they see somebody not following the new standard, that they step in and they help and they coach. They don't just walk by. And if they see them doing it properly, they're reinforcing it and thanking people. The last spoke is I call recognition. So the idea being that cause and effect, we did something and something good happened because of it. If we just let it happen, people won't see that cause and effect. So we tell stories. We're trying to help people see the work that they did actually mattered. So all those elements put together are the wheel of sustainability. And it's not to say that this is perfect, but it, I feel like it gives people a better chance to sustain the changes that they're making. Yeah, and, and I found that that sustainability is normally one of the areas that many teams struggle with, right? They, you know, think about 5S, for example. You know, a lot of teams do really well at the first, you know, two or three S's. And when you get into, you know, the, the last few there, that's where they really start to struggle is how, how do we sustain this? And then, then you teams get into this mode of the, those flavor of the month things where they keep trying new things every month, but there's no sustainability. So to your point, all of those elements together that you've laid out, give teams, uh, uh, maybe not a, 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 you know, maybe not a guarantee, uh, but they definitely put them in a place where they have a better chance at sustaining some of the gains. Would you agree? Yeah, I totally believe that. Yeah, I know there's, there's no silver bullet. Somebody asked me for that last month. I said, there truly isn't. But the fact that you're doing these, these elements, you're putting the systems in and you have that clear leadership commitment in the center gives you a better chance. So there are no guarantees in this life. So I just say this gives you, like you said, a better chance to, to sustain. Right, right. So let's go back to that element that you mentioned that was the uh, the challenge, uh, and it was uh, clear benefits. Uh, and why why is that a challenge for some of your Kaizen teams? So here's what happens: you bring a team together, and they're working on something, and they're making breakthroughs, and they're really excited about it. So in the room, you know, they know the journey they went through to get there, but outside of the room, no one knows what they were thinking. And so what happens is if you just look at the change on the surface, it really doesn't look that interesting or breakthrough or amazing until you see it in action. Mm. So to have somebody look at your idea, and this actually happened in November, uh, a group had come up with what I thought was an absolutely brilliant idea. They show it to a colleague. And the first thing he said was, well, that's stupid. Mm. And they're like, that can be very deflating, of course. So all right. Why do you think it's stupid? Well, it's not doing anything. Okay. Well, we've been trying it. Try it too. The person tries it and says, okay, I take it back. That's not stupid. That's brilliant. Okay. Fantastic. But human, you know, typical human reaction to any change is expect the worst and hope for the best, right? So you're going to get that kind of feedback. So why is this challenging? It's challenging because 
it's no fun to have somebody say your idea is stupid, right? And it's, right. it's not fun to find out somebody doesn't agree with you. So what I'm doing with my teams, I wait, I don't wait until the idea is fully formed. I want them talking and sharing and, and, and getting feedback very early in the process when they're 32% confident that it's going to work, right? Early, 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 because you're going to find out so many things. And what we're trying to do is engage more people, get their feedback, get them to feel like they were part of it, as well as maybe uncover some flaws in your idea, which we've done many, many times, right? So that is challenging because it's no fun to be told that you're wrong. And, you know, if they were on the other side of it, they might be saying the exact same thing. Right. Yeah, that I would agree with that for sure. So I can see where that would be a challenge. And you just you just hit on a couple areas that you kind of help coach them through that or guide them, you know, right. you know, through some of those challenges. But any other ways that you help your Kaizen teams kind of deal with with this element of of clear benefits? Any other kind of um, you know special uh, uh, advice that you might have for for some of our listeners? So absolutely. So first of all. Um, I can give some examples of things that have happened. One thing we do is I actually role play the wheel with my teams now. Mm -hmm. So I let somebody pretend they're the new worker that is having the change. Let's not call it thrust upon them, but let's be honest. Sometimes we don't do it in the best way. So we actually role play. So I'm the person in, in, um, introducing the change okay. in, in their process and they get to be that new worker and they get to challenge me. So I can kind of role play it with them. So where does it help them? It helps them by seeing the, re the reality of what the conversation might look like. The other thing is I'm trying to teach them messaging. Yeah. So knowing why is so much more important than knowing what, okay? So yeah. if we can get the messaging about, okay, you did this thing, why did you do it? How is it gonna help me? Why would I care? If you can truly answer that, then it makes life a lot easier. Now, sure. that's one that's one side of it. The other thing I've had to be is sometimes the person that diffuses. <laughs> so we were in a changeover process. We wanted to try something out with the crew that had not seen anything. One of my team members comes in the room, looks kind of sheepishly at me and says, I can't get Tony, I'm making the name up, to even listen to the idea. Okay. Can you help me? She says, well, sure. Now I've done years and years of floor working, manufacturing, right. distribution, you name it. So I've been yelled at by the best of them. So that's okay. So I go out there and Tony is beat red. He is angry. What's up, Tony? You guys aren't even listening to us. You're trying to do this thing to us and this and that. And I said, okay, now hold on a sec. Alice was telling you that this is just a test. We just want to see what happens. We have no idea what's going to happen. We need you to try it and let us know. But you're not listening to us. We would never do it this way. Well, of course, I wasn't nearly as uh, level-headed as I am with you at the moment. So I escalated a little bit. Tony, why are you not listening to us? We're just trying to find out. We need your input. So this thing got a little ugly as it does, but my factory experience kicked in. And I finally realized Tony was not gonna listen to anything she or I had to say until I said, are you telling me that you're unwilling to try this new thing for the benefit of hopefully you and your team? And what he realized was, 
I was asking him if he was going to be insubordinate, which is a bad thing in any facility. Sure. He quickly backtracked and said, okay, I just want to make sure that our voices are heard. Okay, that's fine. So that was good. Everything de-escalated. They tried the thing out and we did a feedback session following it. And he was one of the first to speak up and he started to say, oh, I love how you did that. And I love how you did that. And, and I, I, I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, are you Tony or are you his twin? Who are you? You know, so <laughs> we were able to kind of turn it into something fun, but it's the reality of, of course he thought our, his interests were not being listened to because why would he? That was just right. st standard human nature. So I'm just trying to prepare him for that. But, but if they can understand, if they can deescalate getting to why, why would you do this? Because we believe you're going to be able to do it in an easier, safer fashion. Let me show you. Oh, if they're willing to do that, now they can now they can engage together and and you know expose weaknesses or or strengthen the improvements. And and we've done that many times as well. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, and I love uh, the idea of it being an experiment. Like we're gonna try this. Right. It, yeah. You know, and it, it takes the weight off of, uh, you know, team members that feel like, oh, my gosh, they're changing everything on me. I don't want to go that direction. Like, listen, we can put it back the same way that it was when we started. We just want to try this and Absolutely. see how it goes. And then I want you to tell me the things that you don't like about it. I'm, I want to hear those things. And I want to hear if there's right. anything that you do like about it. So yeah. I love that that you brought that up. I, I just had an individual uh, similar to Tony a few weeks ago. Who, um, everything that we talked about, she said, you know, no, we've already, we've already tried that. This is, this is, this is the way we do it. You know, we, we, I don't want to change anything. I don't want to, this is it. Right. This is, and the, the moment that I asked her, uh, the question similar to the question you mentioned about Tony, I asked her the question, um, are you saying that you've figured it all out? Like there's nothing more you can do to improve like in a respectful way. Right. But are you saying you've, you've found perfection like you you guys have figured and immediately she kind of backtracked a bit and was like well no i mean there's there's always ways to improve or you know okay well let's let's experiment let's see if we can find those other ways you know and sometimes right. that just opens them up a little bit right no, that's good that's good yeah. yeah and and i will tell you there have been times that we've exposed major weakness in our you know, our improvements. Uh, one time, one of my team members came back and said, oh my goodness, we must all be right-handed in this room. And I said, okay, why is that? Well, somebody took our thing and said, well, I'm a lefty. I can't make this work. And uh, fantastic that they found that out before yes. it was too late, right? And we were easy. It was easily fixed. And luckily before the final implementation, right? Because, because that would have, of course, brought back that issue of, you see, no one's listening to us, right? Yeah. I mean, That's it right. gives you some grace when That's you right. at least talk to folks and give them a chance to weigh in and even take some of their uh, anger. <laughs> they go through their five stages of grief, right? Change takes yeah. us all through our little five stages of grief. And uh, Tony was in anger quite a long time, but finally he got to not beyond acceptance. He loved it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. Good, good story. I love it. Well, yeah. uh, Adam, what would you say when it comes to clear benefits? Uh, you know, what are you trying to accomplish with this particular element during a Kaizen event? Like what is, what's the end result of 
deploying this element of clear benefits in, into the team? Right. So there, there's a couple key goals to this. One is certainly to get feedback and engagement beyond the team that is so married to their idea. Right. So we're trying to open up their eyes and get the rest of the organization. You won't get everybody, but you get more. Uh, it also then can expose either weaknesses or reinforce the strengths. But in the end, what Clear Benefits is trying to do is when no one's looking, does the person follow the new standard? So if they've internalized it, if they believe it helps them personally, then odds are they're going to do it. So we have to test that. We have to get real life testing with colleagues, people that are going to do the work, people that have no vested interest in the change until it's introduced to them. You've got to see it because people, we don't micromanage. We don't want to micromanage. We want people to want to do the thing that we believe will be safer and better for them and better for the customer, right? But in the end at 2 a.m. and no one's watching, Joe or Mary are going to do what Joe or Mary want to do. And hopefully what they'll want to do is the new standard. The most dangerous phrase in our language is we've always done it this way. There are an awful lot of posers out there. People that do lean because they're mandated to do it. They think it will work. How stable are you today? What are your goals? Are you generating small, simple improvements? There are very few people that embrace lean with their full heart, head, and emotion. Let's imagine that your current output is top-notch. Is that enough to stop innovating and stop reaching for more? Patrick's book uncovers the essence of what those organizations look like and what the posers look like. Caution, are you in the fake zone or the real zone? Order your copy today at avoidcontinuousappearance.com. That's right. Good. Yeah, I like that. Um, and and what about specific stories uh, around this element? Uh, obviously, you gave us the the, the one story of Tony. Uh, any other stories of uh, you know maybe other problems that you've come in with when you know maybe you're doing a kaizen event or maybe you're working with a client and you know any kind of improvements are happening. Um, how do you use clear benefits to to avert or avoid some of those problems? So a great question. So it, it's brings to mind something that happened middle of last year. Uh, so working for a furniture retailer in South Central Florida, um, the area we were working on was uh, reducing parts ordered, re replacement parts, right? So their folks, they unbox every piece of furniture before it goes on the truck. They, they inspect it, they make sure it's okay, they assemble. Sometimes parts are missing, parts get lost, et cetera. So there was a parts area that was, it's kind of nice to say it was a disaster, right? Many years of neglect. And there was a couple gentlemen working in that area that just were fighting the chaos. And it looked like there were piles of stuff, dead bodies could have been hidden underneath the piles. I mean, just, just bad situation. So one of the two gentlemen that run that area, this was not truly the focus of the Kaizen, but the area where the parts live, uh, he was on the team. And then very early in the Kaizen, he said, I don't see how we're going to be able to solve this problem this week. I don't, I don't see it. You know, I'm not sure I should be on this team. We're like, hey, man, we're glad you're here. 
So in the middle of the Kaizen, we, we had identified three projects to work on. And one of them was essentially 5S in his area, right? Which made a lot of sense. But we were going to do that as a later Kaizen later in the year because it was kind of a large area and it looked like a total disaster. So a full team of 12 maybe or six or something, three of my folks on the team decide they're going to take it on, right? And, and he's not even, the guy that kind of runs the area wasn't even part of it. So anyway, middle of all this, they've taken out 16 rolling dumpsters of dead stuff. Hmm. And all of a sudden, they're figuring out a really great way to optimize this thing. And when I do 5S, and I know some people do this, but not everybody, we always create an area owner. We always create the proper audits. We we make it extremely visible. We we want to personalize. We have a picture of the person, how to get in contact with them, what their expectations are. Anyway, this gentleman, he says, I want to be the area owner. Now, they have never been an area owner. There had never been one in their company's history. So I'm introducing this concept to them and I'm trying to explain how. And he says, I want to be it. I don't want to mess this up. This is better than anything that I've ever seen and it's got to work and there's still stuff I want to do. I was like, really? Are you the same guy I met Monday? Wow. <laughs> laughing, you know, I said, well, that's cool. I think that's great. So, okay. So let's get together and figure out how to set this up so that you, so we can support you properly. Right. Yeah. So we did that and you know, a bunch of stuff, there was some automation, they were making barcode labels for things and they were going to get a, an iPad so that he could manage his inventory. I mean, all this stuff couldn't be done in a week, but most of it was. Mm -hmm. um, and so he, you know, he, was, he wasn't quite satisfied with everything that got done, but, you know, clearly a hundred times better than where he was. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that was pretty cool. I go away for a month or two helping other Kaizen teams in the same company. And I went to visit him because I had a little, I had a few moments I could step away. And I said, well, how's this going for you? Yeah. Because Adam, he says, you know, it's still, people are still taking parts when they shouldn't. And it's just not right. And I look over at the area. I go, you know, it looks better than we left it. He goes, I know, but it's still not where I want it to be. I said, that's fantastic. I said, mm -hmm. you keep that going. I'll help you get these other things finished, right? We now take people to visit his area and you know he doesn't know they're coming and i say explain your system to them and he'll start going you know i didn't really think this would work but man i can find anything i need people are still stealing parts but i'm finding what i need and i can keep up with it and look at it and i'm like ah pure clear benefit so he an hourly employee he's not getting any more pay He's got a system. He owns it. He explains it with passion. Mm. So that's the thing. That's what I love to see. Not, it was. It wasn't. It was obvious he should be the area owner. It was obvious to everybody but him. But then when he stepped up, that's what you wanted to see. But the way the organization has supported him, he knows they have his back, and he's passionate about it. And so the clear benefit, it's so solid. He's not going to let anybody mess up his area. The good news, so I worked in the background with their leadership and said, you can't have one area owner in your whole company. That 
that is not a good idea. You got to start there, but you can't end there. So since then, we've added a few in different locations, and now we've created some leadership Gemba routines through those areas to keep that momentum going. But nice. I was so happy for him one time. One area that wasn't in our scope, he got even that resolved, and it was a even more of a disaster. We said, we're not touching that this week. I was so impressed that you know we were high fiving. I mean, it was just it was just the coolest thing to see the most skeptical guy making real change happen. That's helping everybody. Wow, that's great. Very nice. And and you know you're talking about one area in in a facility, but then I, I heard you start to kind of reference maybe how this is starting to pour over into other yeah. areas. So you know w when when you understand the the benefits, when these clear benefits are are clearly articulated and understood um does that help to then start to spread this to other areas whatever that improvement was that is it replicated much easier yeah it, it does so the first one two or three are usually more challenging you know you have to find the appropriate time to do it in the appropriate event you know mm -hmm. if you're in your facility every day you can certainly do it without kaizen event we found a second one and then the third one kind of popped up on its own. So that was really cool. So people start to see the benefit that it helped in one area. They want that clear benefit in their area. So that's what you want to start to build that momentum. It wouldn't shock me to see another one that wasn't Kaizen event related on my next visit, which will be in a couple of weeks. Right now, that is really what you're looking for, because then the momentum, it gets the system gets bigger than the people right sure. that this is too important to let fail it's helping everybody we won't let it fail i did the same thing in the company i worked for for 30 years where we had a pilot facility and we started with one clear owner one area and by the time i left this whole r d facility uh had like 32 areas with owners and so that that thing had so much momentum you know they would do kaizen events without they thought without my knowledge, right? And they would take another area, get it organized, make the flow good, the safety and the productivity. And they they assign their own area owners. People would self-assign and we would just add that to our leadership Gemba walk. Mm. Yeah, so you, you have to build some form of critical mass. But yeah, that one person alone on the island, you can't leave them alone for too long. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've heard you mention leadership a few times. Uh, and if you look at the entire wheel of sustainability, mm -hmm. I believe uh, the center cap is leadership. Is that correct? Or correct. yes. Okay. So, yeah, that's the hub. So leadership the commitment's hub. the hub of all of it. Correct. So how does leadership commitment, how does that uh, you know, fill into this element because obviously it it plays a part in every single one of the the, yeah. the elements. But this element in particular, how does that fit? Right. So you're right. It does fit all elements. Here's how it fits: clear benefit. Number one is you got to know the message. <laughs> Why is it a benefit? Right. So if leadership doesn't know the message, they can't reinforce the message. Mm -hmm. Clearly, in the area that we have the owner, leadership has to show up right? They have to participate. They have to do the audits. So obviously I bring other elements in, but when they're down there with my area, my area owner, don't work for me, but you know, part of my extended family, right? Sure. So same message, participate in the audits, go visit, bring people to see 
that person, ask the good questions. How's this working for you? Is there anything you need from me? How can I support you? You know, three months later, we brought a fan. It's in Florida, right? So it gets really warm in one of the back corners. You know, hey, it would really help if we put a fan up here. Okay, give them a fan. You know, this is working. Why would we want to do, you know, anything to keep this from working? So keep showing up, keep bringing people to see it. You know, I've encouraged many of the leaders in that company. Hey, listen, if you if you got five minutes, just go visit with this guy. Just yeah. go visit. Show your face, show them how impressed you are because you will be. I keep bringing different leaders over. You know, I'll take them out of their offices and do it when I can get away with it. I can't always get away with it. I do that to help them see the image of what leadership commitment looks like with this element. Mm -hmm. Just go visit with the guy. It's working. Keep supporting him. Show him that you care. Keep reinforcing that message. Yeah. And this is and that's a great one to even build into, you know, sometimes uh, especially executive leaders maybe are asking like, well, how do I help support the, right. the, the changes that are happening? And, and, you know, when we talk about leader standard work, sometimes it's hard to determine, you know, that that percentage of uh, work that should be standardized at the executive leader level. But this is a great opportunity to be built into your leader standard work if you're an executive leader is going out and asking those questions and having them show you, having team members show you some of the improvements that they're working on. And that means right. uh, not necessarily to go out and, and talk the whole time about it, but mm. more listen, like the, this right. is the, the tool you want to use, right? The, the, use your ears and just go ask that the question, like you said, Adam, is like, show me, show me what you're working on. Show me the improvement that you've been able to do, you know, uh, tell me the benefits of it and then just be quiet and let them yeah. talk, let them show you. And there's so much value in that. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it just work wonders for change yeah. management. And, and when one of my Kaizen teams gets a challenge, like they're kind of stuck, how are we going to do it? I say, you know what? Let's go visit this guy. And so it's fun to let him have an audience. And I've done it with him, to him, for him, I don't know, five, six times over the past nine months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when he's there, it's just so much fun to let him tell his story. Uh, there's that recognition piece, right? Tell your story. And just the the awe of the people in the audience that, you know, they remember the way it used to look, but they're not naturally walking over there because, you know what, when it was a disaster, it wasn't a lot of fun to be in there. Yeah. And you had a guy working there full time. And now it's like a dream. And but just to watch their joy and watch his pride you know, put those two things together and you're just strengthening that leadership commitment too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. Uh, so much value, uh, that, that you're offering to, to, uh, our listeners, you know, around sustainability. So thank you for that. Uh, and, and, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about how to get a copy of, uh, Adam's book, wheel of sustainability. But before we do that, Adam, uh, I just learned that you and I are going to be in the same place uh, coming up here in, is it in June? June 6th through 8th. Yeah. Come see us at Gig Harbor, Washington for the Global Lean Summit. Yeah. So we're actually going to meet in person. That's exciting. It is exciting. You know, Adam and I have been part of uh, a consult, a lean consultants mastermind for a little while together. Right. And, and uh, we've, 
obviously interacted here on the Lean Solutions podcast. But yeah, we'll be meeting in person. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll record another podcast together. I don't know. But we're That'd definitely awesome. going to connect and, and have some good times with, with everyone uh, out in Gig Harbor, Washington, uh, yeah. for the, the summit there. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. And, and uh, definitely, if anyone's around that area or interested to come meet us, we'd love to see you there. So. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I know, you know, I know what I'm presenting on. What are you presenting on, Patrick? Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, we I just confirmed uh, yesterday, actually, that we were going to be there, and uh, fantastic. So we'll have to see. I want to I want to make sure I present on something that ties in closely with uh, with the the um, the theme of the the conference. What What are you presenting on, Adam? So a couple things. One is uh, I'm known for how I do Kaizen event facilitation. So um, Jared has asked me, they've asked me to uh, demonstrate some of my techniques in challenging facilitation situations. That's mm. one. And then uh, they've seen how I do value stream mapping. So I have some fun activities. I like to be really messy when I do Kaizen. I want it. I want these tools to be easy that anybody can do i don't want anybody to be intimidated by it so we're actually going to show some value stream mapping approaches and people are going to learn how to value stream map making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich love it love it that's great that's what i'm uh, going to be working on very cool jared and i did talk a little bit about gimbal walks and the possibility awesome. of presenting the um maybe uh the process to to carry out a gimbal walk or questions to ask or you know what does it look like to to uh to do that so you know possibly that'll be a topic but yeah, yeah. looking forward to it um adam oh go ahead no no that'll be a lot of fun i can't wait to see what you show up with absolutely yeah. Um, Adam, if anybody is interested to grab a copy of The Wheel of Sustainability, uh, where would they go to find, where's the best place to grab a book? Well, the best place is Amazon. Uh, I, I do have a hard, uh, I mean, a soft cover and a Kindle version. I did not do an audio book. They're, um, you know, haven't sold a lot of books, not really worried about that so much, but, you know, I'd love to, anybody that's interested, take a, take a look and see what you think. And I'd love your feedback. Perfect. And then what about uh, Process Improvement Partners, LLC? If anyone has questions for you around uh, some of the work that you guys are doing, uh, where would where would be the best place to connect with you? Right. So you can find me on LinkedIn all the time. I have a personal page, you know, look for me, Adam Lawrence, and then uh, Process Improvement Partners has a page. Um, and I also I have 67 subscribers to my YouTube channel. So you could be number right. 68. And then, of course, a website. Uh, pi-partners.com uh we just got a refresh on it just for fun that's my experiment for 2023 just to see if we can turn it into something that looks a little less like an engineer put it together <laughs> perfect all right and we'll put those links into the show notes so if you're interested to grab adam's book the wheel of sustainability you can go to right into the show notes and find a link there or uh, to connect with adam Again, the, uh, both links will be there uh, in the show notes. So Adam, once again, it was great to have you on the show for the second time. Uh, looking forward to seeing you in Gig Harbor in June. Uh, and uh, just appreciate uh, you know your you sharing and, and willing to just just continue to, to give into give back to the um, continuous improvement community. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate right. that. Take care.
Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.